Welcome back to another episode of the Rec Center, a special Wednesday episode. I think it's the first time we've recorded on a Wednesday. Nobody cares about that except for me. I promise you Jack doesn't even care about that. He's Jack Ferris. I'm Lindsay Joy. How you doing on this Wednesday, Jack? I'm well. It feels like a Tuesday. I just It does. I'm doing normal Tuesday things on a Wednesday. It's bizarre. It's a packed Wednesday to be honest with you. It's exciting or or not. Um, can I ask you before we get going on this important question? Have you joined Clubhouse yet? You know what's funny? I haven't. Mm. And I realized that I was invited to join that in December. Did I blow it? You blew it. You could have been so early to the cool kids, like meeting room. December. One of my my high school buddies who lives in Pittsburgh, that has no relation to the story. But he said it to me. He was like, hey, you've probably already been invited to this given your industry and such, but... I figured you need to be on this. And I looked at it and I was like, I'm not joining this. This is ridiculous. And then you guys were super excited about the invites this weekend. And I was still like, and then I put it together. I was like, oh, this is what Charlie sent me a couple of months ago. You're the first person to get two clubhouse invites and invites and not join. Also, is your person, is he like tech related? You said San Francisco or you said high school. So is that San Francisco? Because that's how was he so early to it? Pittsburgh. He, Charlie is very much in the know. He's an in the know kind of guy. And then he, a day later, he was like, I joined. It's kind of lame. And I said, like, <laughs> okay, well, that's that. I'm not joining. But yeah, that's I have two clubhouse invites. Just pending, not going just to pending. be accepted. I mean, I, that's even cooler than being in it, I think, is having two invites and being too cool to join. Can you send it back to me? I wonder. So, I Back, quick background for the people who are not like up to date on the, the cool slash nerdy apps. Clubhouse is, I don't know, everyone thinks it's like the future of um, audio storytelling. I don't even know if that's the right way to describe it. But basically, it's an app where you can go into different rooms in the clubhouse. And the I, I honestly think the reason it's so popular right now is because it's invite only. So there's an exclusivity to it where people feel cool if they're on it. And if someone's on it, I feel like they're constantly tweeting about it or LinkedIn about it. And it's just like, it's where the, you know, again, like it's where the cool kids are, but only because you have to have an actual invite. So I was invited um, over the weekend, shout out our friend, Marin McCarthy. And I use, you get two invites and I used one of mine on Jack who is refusing. I guess I should have like made sure before that you would actually do it, but um, he's refusing to join. So I wasted one of my invites. I, um, yeah, I think this thing will die down. Remember when Google launched their social media deal and it was all exactly and Google it was Hangout? also invite only? This is like no joke, this was like eight years ago. Google Hangout, Google right? Is that what it's called? Yeah, but it was okay, so there's Google Hangout, but I think there was a social media platform they tried to launch that was invite only as well. And went away. And it went away. It's I mean, remember when Facebook you needed a dot edu and then as soon as you didn't need that, it was not cool anymore. Yeah, Once, but I mean it still has more active daily users than any other social media platform. So as horrible as Facebook is, I wouldn't exactly say it's failing. Sure. But okay, it's failing in terms of being cool and exclusive. A hundred percent. It's only a matter of time before uh before this deal. I'm guessing by July, nobody's going to care anymore because at that point, everyone's going to have an invite. And I think there are people who use it who will disagree with me, but I really do think the only real draw is the exclusivity because as someone who has like poked around a little bit, there are 
it's an interesting concept, but like, it's not, I'm, I'm someone who's like prime and would love it. And I just didn't find it that interesting. There was no like clubhouses or conversations that I needed to be in that really made it like worth it for me. Um, I think it's a lot of hype. And at this point for me, it wasn't necessarily living up to it. What if, what if Aaron Sorkin was talking? Oh, I would hundred percent listen. I I mean, yeah, it's not like no interesting people can go on there, but I still haven't figured out the methodology of how to figure out if Aaron Sorkin is talking, unless I saw, I I've seen some people post on like Twitter. Hey, I'm hosting a room tonight. I think that's what it's called. You like host a room and it's a bunch of female sportscasters and this is who's going to be in there. And then essentially it's just like a conversation without video it's all audio i don't know i there again there's good things about it (laughs) we've gone too far if you want a clubhouse invite i still have one left jack has two left uh, arguably four left i might have four i might have four that'd be interesting i don't know if you get if you get two if you then get two i don't know if it uh exponentially multiplies like that okay that's clubhouse uh and that is our clubhouse conversation for the day minor up for sale just fyi Mm. highest bidder Okay. Name your price. Uh, text Jack with your, with your price. If you want to get on clubhouse, I would give mine away for free since I've just already like ruined, ruined the excitement of the invites for myself. Cause I sent it to you and you don't want it. Okay. I'll start this week. Do you want to start? Uh, go for it. I feel like you might've watched mine, but I did ask you if you had watched it about six days ago and you had said no. So my first rec is horribly named i want to work with the people on the branding of this netflix Let me, wait say oh netflix never mind because my i have one that's horribly named as well but it's not on netflix mine's a crime series docuseries um and it's I, it's number one or it's, it's definitely in the netflix top five at this point um it is called crime scene vanishing at the cecil hotel or at cecil hotel you kind of named it there's absolutely no reason the word crime scene has to be in that it's not like that's the name of a series or anything i i do think it's a new series that they're trying to launch that's why because why else would they do crime scene colon i don't know that's a good question um have you you haven't heard but you just assume i saw it i saw it i didn't even put it on my rec list because i knew you'd do it how's that you watched the show oh i watched it in an hour and a half or i watched it in an afternoon i asked you on friday and you said no so you watched it since when then? did I when did I watch it then? You might have just must, been it's a high possibility just, you were not listening to me and you just said no regardless of like what I said. Oh or honestly maybe if you had said Cecil Hotel Cecil Hotel I would have been like oh yeah but maybe you said maybe I didn't recognize the title. That's what I'm saying. It's terrible branding. And I I do agree with you. So if Netflix is it's almost like 30 for 30 on ESPN when they gave all these documentaries an umbrella to live under because there was a time period that people would be like, oh yeah, that 30 for 30. That's not actually technically a 30 for 30 because it was just under the ESPN films umbrella, but it was the same vibe of a 30 for 30. So I I, I can see Netflix wanting to, if they're going to be producing all these things, I could see them wanting to put them all into a category but it's just, it's then announce, then like do a big PR thing and announce we're doing a new series. It's called Crime Scene. It's going to go after all these different crimes, which they did not do. They're not big on PR though, in general. They'll just do something and launch it. And then boom, it's in what? 75 million homes that night. 
Yeah, I, I do. I mean, again, I do think a lot of people are watching this. I'm getting hung up on the name. It is a very good docuseries that I'm going to recommend you watch and we'll get Jack's thoughts on it in a second. I just think it's very strange. If that was the idea, then just tell us. It takes five minutes to write a four sentence release and just email it out to whoever it needs to be sent to. So that's the name thing. Branding, not good. The actual documentary is very good. It does get a little off track with it goes pretty deep into other things that are not the crime but i think those ultimately give good context for the crime so no spoilers but i will tell you and actually jack you need to make sure not to say because i've seen this part of the plot um i'm not gonna spoil anything okay i'm 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 the anti-spoiler on this pod I know. Well, I was going to tell you, but there's no other way around. So I just want, so just no spoilers um, of how any of this develops, but a Canadian college student um, is on, this is like 2012 or 13. I should know the exact year, but I want to say 2013, 2013. February, 2013. Okay. So, well, so January, she goes down to Southern California. So she's doing like a road trip, travel trip, whatever. So she is living in, I believe, Vancouver and goes down to San Diego and she's making her way up through LA to San Francisco. And that's the plan. She's at a hotel in LA and goes missing. And this is in the first episode. This is not a spoiler. There's a video of her like getting in and out of an elevator. And you just have to see the video to understand how creepy it is. And she's acting erratically. It's like, there's a million questions about, is there someone else around? And you just see that the person's off screen. You don't see them. Is she maybe on something? Like she's acting very strangely. And then she goes missing. And it is weeks before we get any answers of anything. It's just question, question, question. And they released the video. The police have no idea where she is. So they were, and she was traveling alone. I think I said that, but they released this video to the public. And that's when things get weird because the web sleuth like YouTube community is determined to find out is like this video is so weird. Like let's all figure out what happened to her. And so there's all these people all over the country, the world being like, what happened to this girl? Where'd she go? You know, looking for clues. And so it's that same kind of like that part of it's interesting. The actual case is interesting. Just everything around the hotel is interesting. So the hotel has a reputation for bad stuff happening. And so they go pretty deep into that, but I do think it helps in the context of the show. Yeah. <laughs> I will say <laughs> one of the web sleuths is like, yeah, you know, I, I just happened to come across a story um, when I was, well, between jobs. So I had a lot of spare time <laughs> and uh, uh, it's a lot like don't F with cats. Yeah. I was going to, were you, de- were you debating if you were going to say the word or not? You know, I, yeah. I, I'll save my one swear word. Um, it's a lot like don't F with cats. The, the web sleuth community, the internet community had a ton to do with the advancement of this case and, uh, the, the conspiracy theories that went along with that. Um, I would, I will say the most compelling character of the series is the hotel itself. Okay. I don't disagree. Uh, Because there's just. First, first and foremost, it's the creepiest looking building you've ever seen in your life. And it's in a bad neighborhood of downtown Los Angeles, just downtown Los Angeles in general. And you think to yourself, why would anyone ever stay here? And then they give you a little, a little bit of context as to why 
like a foreign young person would stay there. And it's like, oh, it makes sense. Online, it looks normal. It's like cheap as hell. It makes sense if you're just going to stay there for a couple of nights. This is a hundred year old hotel and it is creepy as heck. Uh, and I'll, they, they do a good job of not overwhelming you with background on the hotel. They just kind of weave it in as the, um, as the docuseries go. They're getting really good at that in terms of not, you know, not going, here's the background of the hotel. Here's the background of the missing woman. Here's the result. They, they sew it together nicely. Uh, it, it's worth a watch. And I, that that's all I'll say for now, because I don't want to spoil. Yeah. It's, it's tough because there's like a big plot twist, a big thing that happens that would you like, we want to say so much about, but to me that really ruins a lot of the show. And I've actually seen that posted elsewhere, like as the title of things like, okay, you're mistaken. We absolutely had a conversation about this. Hmm. you're just not remembering we absolutely talked about this okay so maybe i only remember the start of the conversation which was me saying have you watched the cecil hotel whatever i said however i phrased it and you said no and i was like oh yeah because i i know what you want to talk about being the twist and we definitely talked about it okay yeah yeah yeah. yeah. it had only been out for i think a day or two when i had asked you so i mean i like obviously i know you watch stuff right away but i just Mm -hmm. i thought you said no but then maybe after that we i said more and you were like oh yeah i did watch that because i do remember this conversation about the twist okay so the other thing that again i think this goes back to just the bad branding that we we had a conversation don't remember what show we were talking about um but you were about to say when you said the best character is the hotel i don't disagree but also my best like the best personal character of an actual person is the hotel manager who is just wild and she Again, this hotel, like when you learn more about it, to manage this hotel day in and day out, like you kind of get it. But there, she's telling stories. She's like, one time I was giving someone a tour and there was a sniper in the hallway, like a police sniper. And it's just like, this woman has seen a lot and she is an interesting character. And all all of the web sleuths are interesting characters because like you said, this like dude that was between jobs had too much time. Like whatever drives you to, to really become obsessed with this case, the same thing with Don't F With Cats, like it brings out the characters. So not only is the crime interesting, not only is the hotel interesting, but these people who like dedicated their lives to YouTubing about this is it's just interesting. Um, so I recommend it. I think it's like you said, you didn't seem super high on it. Like, where are you on the actual recommendation of it? Um, I, I, oh God. Yeah, I would recommend it. If this I, isn't uh, one of our, uh, Haley Doma said we need to have a, a, a ranking system as to like an absolute must watch tonight or like a, when you get around to it, this would be a, when you get around to it kind of thing. Cause it is compelling and it does draw you in, but it's not like, I think if you wait a little bit, we we're tiptoeing around spoilers. There's nothing. I don't think you're going to learn from the internet what happened in this doc. So it, I don't think it's time sensitive. The only reason I would say it is, time sensitive is because I have, like I said, I have seen the details of the case, like story of Elisa Lamb, blah, 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 blah. And they'll say like everything that happens. Yeah. But our, 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 our internet surfing is a lot different from those of our listeners who have kids and, and lives. Don't troll Twitter all day long. Um, I think it's up there with evil genius. Don't F with cats. Like for me, it was up there with those. I liked it better than night stalker. Um, I liked it better than, 
a lot of the Netflix docuseries. Like it's pretty high up there for me with, with all those. So I definitely recommend it. This was not one of your three though. You didn't do it cause you knew I would. Uh, no, but depending on time, it might be now. Okay. Why don't you give me your first? My third is super quick. Okay. Um, and so my, my I, first, yeah. Excellent segue. You mentioned uh, Evil Genius from the Duplass brothers. The Duplass brothers have a new HBO series. It's a four-parter. You've, If you are listening to this podcast, clearly you watch HBO. So I'm guessing you watched this, this preview. It's called The Lady and the Dale. And at first glance, the preview is uh, about this woman, Elizabeth Carmichael, and how she tries to revolutionize the automotive industry in the 70s. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, feminism rules. I'm on board. It is so much more than that. And it only takes you about 20 minutes to realize, oh my God, how do I not know anything about this this woman? You know, when you're when you start a documentary series or documentary in general, and the first like seven minutes, you're like, not so sure. And then like 22 minutes in, you're like, I cannot get enough of this. I'm so excited. There's so much content. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what it is. Because you, Elizabeth, Carm Elizabeth Carmichael is not who she seems. Uh, it, it's a wild story. She invents, or her company invents the three-wheeled car, which is going to take obviously less gas. And for those of you who aren't historians of 20th century America, we were in a big uh, oil crisis in the mid seventies, mid to late seventies. So this was like, everyone was pre-ordering a car and I, that's just the tip of the iceberg of, of how crazy this story is. Uh, very good. As I mentioned, uh, Mark Duplass, the, the brothers who brought you, listen, if you're listening to this and you don't know who the Duplass brothers are, you have a lot of work to do. Uh, wild, just wild country. Watch Mark one Dupl episode of room one Oh four and yeah. Yeah. Then you get who they are. Um, Mark Duplass is like a, almost a movie star in his own right. Um, bombshell, the newsroom, not the newsroom, um, the morning show, et cetera, he, et cetera. I just watched bombshell by the way. And he is in that. And, um, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. He's charming. Um, but he's, yeah, they have a, they're going to be in our lives for quite some time because they have quite a good nose for, uh, stories that would translate well to documentaries. So this is a docu-series. It's not scripted. Yep. Okay. Four-parter. Because that's the thing about the Duplass brothers is they don't only do, they're not like yeah, documentary. Yeah, they do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Anything else on this? Uh, no, they have a, yes. <laughs> I say no, and then I have one more thing. Uh, yes. It's, they have a very original way of backtracking and telling stories that the talking heads are talking about. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. a lot of times there's animation or just like still shots of, a post office where a letter was sent or the worst of all dramatic reenactments from with actors. That's the worst. Mm -hmm. They're really original with how they do this. And it's kind of off putting. You'll know what I'm talking about the first time they do it. And then you, then you're used to it and it's, it's really good. Okay. Yeah. There is some reenactment stuff in Cecil hotel, but it's, it's pretty minimal and I yeah, don't, they don't love show faces. It's like, yeah, it's the cutaways of the feet weird angles. Yeah. Cause it is tough to get aside from just a bunch of shots of the hotel. It, it would be tough for B roll and they did a good job. Um, before we, before I do my second one, the one thing I didn't mention about the CISO hotel is it's produced by Ron Howard and Brian Grazer who are I like, noticed that. So I noticed that. weird for considering I, I had heard about this, but it to me had like, it wasn't publicized as like the team that brought you like these seven Oscar winning movies mm. is randomly producing this 
Netflix docuseries because they don't do a ton of that stuff. Yeah. From and the producers of Apollo 13 come. A Beautiful Mind. This wild documentary. Yeah. By the way, they did Eight Mile. I just looked that up. I definitely did not know they did Eight Mile. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it. side note, but yes, that was also very interesting to me and it was not publicized very well. My next rack, did you have something to say? No. My next rack is also on Netflix. I actually realized I accidentally did a Netflix trifecta this week. I normally do not do that, but that's where we are. Behind Her Eyes, it just dropped today, Wednesday. I have made it through two episodes. There are four more, so I'm kind of cheating. But I'm very interested to see where the next four go. I think it is a pretty classic. It's a thriller. It's basically like this woman is works at a psychiatrist's office and I don't, this actually doesn't really make sense, but a new psychiatrist comes in and he like takes over the office. And so that's her new boss. And she had met him at a bar like recently and had like a little meet cute with him. He kisses her and he's like, Oh, I can't do this. And he runs away. So it's actually the setup of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so she see, she goes to work the next day or whatever it is, sees him and is like, oh, this is the guy I was at the bar with. She then meets his wife. A wife friendship develops there. Her relationship with her boss starts to develop. So it's like a love triangle, but it's complicated in many ways. It's British. I don't know who actually produced it, but it's British. It's based on a book. It's a thriller. It's like every basic thing you could ever want. However there is some crazy ending and that's not a spoiler because I don't know what the ending is but apparently when this book was released part of the promo for it was like hashtag WTF that ending and if you google it it's like behind her eyes ending explained behind her eyes ending like I don't know what's I don't know where we're going but apparently it's some horrible ending that everyone hates so I'm like interested to see what that is I I don't know um good selling point I will say though, it's good to say that. So your expectations going in are like mass so that when, when it happens, you're like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I pictured it. Like there's no, the worst is when you tell someone, wait till the end. It is, you will cry. And then you don't cry. And you're like, I feel, I feel let down. Yeah. I think this is like, yeah, I, I do think that maybe me going in and being like, can't wait to see this ending everyone hates. Like if I don't hate it as much as everyone else, then I'll feel like, oh yeah, it wasn't that bad. So it just a really interesting, um, I don't know, setup to the whole thing. It obviously has gotten bad reviews. I think the ending makes people mad and then they go write bad reviews. So just go into it knowing you're getting like a pretty run of the mill thriller, but it's it just because it's not like original doesn't mean it's not good or enjoyable to watch. Um, so it's a mini series. And I, again, I'm, I think based on the ending, pretty sure it's a, a true mini series in the fact that it's over after six episodes, so like a true limited series, which I love and appreciate. Behind Her Eyes on Netflix. Yeah, watch it. Spend a little time. My final wreck, my real third wreck, is Evergreen. I can save it till next week if I need to. Um, We're getting international again. We're getting real artsy with this one. Oh, speaking of artsy, shout out to Jenny Joy for being such a fan of- the World War II genre. Such a German cinephile. I had no idea. Um, Okay, we're talking about Generation War on Amazon Prime. Back to HBO. This one's called another weird name. It's called The Head. Oh. Have you seen this? No, but can we give a shout out to The Watch, our favorite? We talked about this this weekend, our favorite oh, yeah, 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 podcast. Yeah. So, You're Chris Ryan and I'm Andy Greenwald. <laughs> yes. And I the only reason I watched it is because they were talking about it. Mm-hmm. And it did not disappoint. 
Okay. Uh, so I should watch it because I was back and forth with the way they talked yes, about it. Okay. It's 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 fun. It's only four hours. It's a mostly Scandinavian cast mixed in with a couple of British people, a Japanese guy. It's not. It's subtitled like fifteen percent of the time. The rest of it is not dubbed. It's so it's an easy watch. It's a very easy watch. It has okay. So it's a whodunit. Mm-hmm. Shades of Broadchurch. Shades uh, shades of the killing. They have the thing where it's like, you know, every episode you think somebody else did it until some a, a new piece of evidence arrives, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they also have the flashback trope that I've that I've berated on this show before. When at the beginning, there's like a little tiny little snippet of the flashback. And as the story continues, you get more and more until finally the end, you get the whole scene. But this act this one works really well because it's 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 heavy. The flashback is quite heavy. And even though you have an idea as to what's going to happen, it's even crazier than you expect. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's whodunit trash garbage. That is so easy and fun to watch. Uh, it is a team of explorers in Antarctica. There's 10 of them. They're left down there for the long winter, which in Antarctica is the summer, like late April through late October, six months of darkness, Late October, uh, people arrive to like relieve them and say, hey, how you doing? Good work. Uh, And something has gone awry. Real bad stuff has happened. And the next four hours is you figuring out what exactly happened. And it's good. I mean, if you like the killing, if you like Broadchurch, it's fun because you don't recognize anybody. Because a lot of times when you see stuff like this and somebody pops on, it's distracting. This is not. It's, It's everyone who you, I mean, you won't recognize anybody but maybe you'll recognize them down the road. So yeah, you've sold me. I mean, I, I was actually going to watch it last night and I didn't, um, I tried to watch the crown and I fell asleep instead. Um, Good. And yeah, you feel artsy watching it. Okay. I like that. I, I will watch it probably this week. Maybe I'll steal that as a wreck next week. Um, and then you'll get mad at me. Uh, my third wreck, any other thoughts on it's called the head. It's called the head. Okay. It's weird. It is um, very weird. And it's mostly, you said it's 85% in English, not yeah. subtitled. Okay. 80% English, 15, like 10%, 15, math's hard, 15, 20%. Like what they said on the watch, a podcast Lindsay and I listened to. And it, everyone else should so, listen to too. It's so weird how Europeans do this, but it's true. They go back and forth from their native tongue, be it Danish, Swedish, French to English, because everyone over there speaks English. And it's, it's realistic how they just weave back and forth. It's interesting. Um, All right. I am intrigued. My third wreck you will laugh at, but the final movie of the two, all the boys I've loved before. Mm. Tried trilogy. (laughs) Is that a trilogy? Mm -hmm. It's a rom-com. Yeah, it's a trilogy. Came out on Friday and I watched it. Um, I did not like it at first. I was like, this is the worst of the three. And then the second viewing. No, no, no. The the first hour. Oh, I gotcha. The first hour, I was like, this is bad. I can't even, can I even recommend this? Like, I think I just have to do it as a non-rec. But the second, I don't know, hours, 30 minutes, like 90 minutes, but it really tied everything in so well. And it made me more emotional than I would like to admit. And I, so I love the first one. The second one was pretty bad. Um, Jordan Fisher is kind of like an up and coming I don't know. I don't know if he was Disney. He has some background, but he's, I, I like Jordan Fisher, who was like the guy they brought in in the second movie. But aside from that, 
his character was terrible actually but like the second movie wasn't good don't watch the second movie i actually think you could aside from one small friendship that kind of develops like i think you honestly could skip the second movie and it would everything would make sense um if you have not seen to all the boys i've loved before and you want just like a cutesy high school rom-com type show movie to all the boys i love before the first one is pretty good the oh third- no i agree the first one's great oh, okay you like the first one okay good have you seen the second one p.s i still love you p.s i still love you is the second one always I have and not forever seen, unfortunately unfortunately i have not so for you if you liked the first one i would say skip the second one watch the third and just know that at first it's kind of lame and then it gets good i just think that they tied everything in well there was a ton of like callbacks that made sense i will say noah centineo the downfall from the first one to the third one is not good like he was so charming in the first one and by the third one he's like but it doesn't ruin the movie it's bad p.s does she still love him p.s she still loves him and it's Mm. a little bit like the sex in the city movies where it's like so speaking speaking of sex in the city isn't there a crossover with, Isn't the dad? Um, in, oh, Aiden. In, Aiden is the dad. Yes. Aiden, yep. Aiden from Sex in the City is the dad. John, uh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, Corbett. John Corbett, right? John Corbett is great in it. Um, but it's this thing of like, okay, so there's the rom com and they fall in love, and then like, what happens next? Like sometimes it's not fun to watch what happens next because it's like these kids are in high school and now they're going off to college, and it's like, should they stay together? One of them, by the way, he gets into Stanford, which is stupid. And she gets into Berkeley. And so it's like, there's little things where it's like, you don't want them to stay together because you want them to have their own lives. But they tie it together really well. They do a good job with it. I recommend it. Watch the first one and the third one. Okay, great. Okay, Jackson, go watch To All the Boys I Love Before. Yep. Always and forever. Goodbye. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Bye.